morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Living Waters Flowing. I am Nina Menace. It is great to be before you. Today is Sunday, June the 12th. And I'm telling you, it's been an amazing day. It's been an amazing day. Um, church was wonderful. Um, I just feel full. You know how you just come from a church service and you just feel full? And then the Lord dropped this word on me because I was waiting. I said, okay, Lord, what am I going to be talking about today? He dropped it on me. And I'm telling you, it's a lot of word today, y'all. So I'm going to be reading a lot. So I need you to stick with me. It's, it's going to be a very meaty word. Okay. So thank you so much. Let me get all my pleasantries out the way. Thank you for all of my first time listeners. God bless you. I hope that you are blessed today. Also for my my continuous listeners, thank you so much for sticking with me week to week, spending time with me. I don't take it for granted. I say thank you from my heart. And also my women's group, Queens of God, God bless each and every one of you. I love you all. So I'm going to jump right into this with prayer and then we're going to get into the word. Okay. Father God, we thank you so much for your presence, God. We thank you for your, your presence, your glory. We thank you, God, for your word. Lord God, I thank you right now, God, that you are doing a new and mighty work in the earth, even in spite of everything that we're enduring as a nation, everything that we have gone through over the past two, three years. God, you have been faithful You have been there. And Lord, I thank you, God, that you are continuously speaking to your people. And I ask God today that you would speak. Lord, that you would use me in any way you see fit, God, as normal, as usual, and as always, I decrease. And Lord, I ask that you increase. Take over this podcast and speak whatever it is that you would want to say to your people. Lord God, let there be a blessing that goes and reaches to the farthest ends of the earth. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I ask that this word will just be transported to who you intend for for it to be heard by. In the mighty and precious name of Jesus, touch, heal, and deliver. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to jump right into it, y'all, because it is a lot. So today's topic is... That rejection was God's protection and direction. Amen. Again, that rejection was God's protection and direction. My key scripture is going to come out of Genesis 50 and 20. Out of the NIV version, it says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done and I'm sorry, done the saving of many lives. This is spoken from Joseph. We're going to come out of the life of of Joseph today because Joseph experienced a lot of rejection, not only just rejection from his family, from his, not necessarily his family, but his brothers, not only necessarily from just them throughout his entire journey to Egypt, he experienced different levels of rejection. And we're going to look at that. But just in our lives, in our experience through life, we've all experienced rejection and it doesn't feel good, especially when we are in vulnerable times in our lives and things are going on in our lives where we need and want the support of people or where we need 
uh, certain opportunities that we feel that we need to get further in life or when we just want to be accepted in some kind of way by by society as a whole and basically rejection it, it comes from people from family which can be the most the most hurtful when it comes from family because family you know they've seen you from from a child on up and we want for them to accept us to receive us to understand us and when they turn their back and start talking about about you and say all manners are evil against you that hurts on a whole different level but then also from your peers people uh, schoolmates classmates co-workers uh, people that you labor with in ministry in charity work and volunteer work uh, people that are your business partners and things of that nature your peers and your friends those who are acquaintances those that you share your time with when you start getting rejection from them that is hurtful too because you spend you tend to spend a lot more time in in certain times in our life with friends and co-workers than we even spend with our own family i mean think about it all the time that we spend at work and interacting with our co-workers it it's actually more time than we spend with our families most of the time because sometimes we work 8 hours 9 hours 10 hours for some people so sometimes what people say and what they do actually affects us on a different level when we are around them the most when we talk to them the most also when you get a rejection from opportunities when that business deal falls to pieces and they say that you don't have enough in order to support your dream, your vision, what it is that you're trying to do in business. Um, when you go for higher positions in a company and they continuously block or stop you from any type of uh, raise or any type of promotion that would earn you and your family more money, the money that you feel you need, especially during this day and age, <laughs> during this time when there's high gas prices and food and all these things that's going on, when you finally get the opportunity to get an interview and you're like, okay, woo, this is it. Me and my family is going to be doing better financially. And then all of a sudden the door closes and you're, it's almost a devastation because you know that you're qualified. You know, you have all that you need for that position and you, and you don't get it. Or um, like I said, that business opportunity or just the opportunity to serve in any kind of way. Um, when you feel like you are making yourself available and you want to be there for people and then they let you know, hey, you know, you're not needed in this area or um, this is something that we're going to go with somebody else to support or, or spearhead or or do what needs to be done. And you and you feel disappointed because you're ready to go. You're ready to give your all to this. You're ready to give your time and serve. And also rejection from culture, from society. Now, I'm speaking of people who live um, godly lives, those who truly live for God and have completely turned away from a lot of things that society considers as cool and normal and what have you. That's not going to always fly with culture. Um, when you're living for God and you don't do certain things, you don't go certain places, um, you don't conduct yourselves in certain ways as everybody else does. It causes you to kind of stick out like a sore thumb and then that rejection comes because of that. So how does it affect you? 
or how did it affect you when you were rejected? Did it make you feel like you were an oddball or or something was wrong with you? Is it still something that you carry to this day? Did you internalize it and believe that it was your fault that you were rejected? Or think that you're just not enough, you're not good enough, you're not um, handsome or or beautiful enough, or you're not um, talented enough, or you don't have the intelligence to do it, and they went with somebody else who does. And and just all of those things kind of just collect in our minds where we where we feel like we could have done something different. Well, let's look at Joseph because God was basically in the midst of it all. Every level of rejection that Joseph suffered, he was in the midst of it all. So we're going to walk in his shoes. We're going to just experience or go through Joseph's experience so that we can see God's ultimate plan and how it was carried out through rejection that that Joseph suffered. He suffered a lot of rejection. So let's start with Genesis 37, 1 through 11. And I'm going to be reading all of this out of the NIV version. And let's start with um, verse 1 through 11. So Genesis 37 and 1, it reads, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed in the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers and the sons of Bilhah and also Zilpah, sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought his father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of the other sons because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, Listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field, when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood up upright, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he said, had another dream and he told his brothers, listen, he said, I had another dream. At this time, the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Amen. So we're looking at this and, you know, I was, I was sitting up, you know, doing some studying on the word and this is going to be my first point and we're going to come to this uh, from that scripture. Some rejection is because of jealousy. Come on. See, Joseph's brothers were offended by his dreams. They took it to heart. They took it personal because they thought that Joseph regarded himself as higher or better than them. And, you know, some would say that Joseph shouldn't even told his brothers about the dream, knowing how much that his his, uh, father loved him 
and how much his father, Jacob, favored him over his brothers. But really, Joseph's dream was actually a prophecy on where God was taking him. I mean, think about it. All he had was his brothers around him, his brothers and his family. So who else was he going to tell? They didn't actually put into into any kind of details if he had any friends that he could have told. He was surrounded by his brothers and he told his brothers about his dream. But instead of them actually saying, hmm, you know, that's, you know, that's interesting or whatever. They got jealous. They got mad at him. So people can see God's glory on your life. Some people can see God's anointing on your life. Some people can see God's favor on your life. And they try to compete with you, insult you, or even harm you. They, they even try to block um, the things that, that's trying to manifest in your life. And so basically all these things are a result of rejection. Now, what does it mean to reject? Reject is to dismiss as inadequate, um, inappropriate, refuse to agree to, fail to show due affection or concern for, to rebuff, which means to reject with abrupt or ungracious manner. Um, And really and truly, it didn't change how they treated him. It didn't change the favor on his life. And we're going to see that through the scripture. Nothing, nothing that they said and did changed God's favor in his life. It just grew. His favor just continued to manifest in greater and greater ways in Joseph's life. And that's the same with us. We have to look at those areas in our lives that we have been rejected by people, rejected in opportunities, rejected Um, in relationships. Sometimes we thought that we wanted to date someone and they rejected you. And you really thought that the relationship was going to go somewhere and it ended up fizzling out to nothing. And we become hurt by that rejection. Well, God was really trying to protect you from them. We don't, you don't know what and what kind of person that they were. You don't know. They could have been abusive. They could have been someone that would cheat on you. It could have been someone that um, was actually still connected with their ex or what, whatever the case may be, their ex-wife, um, their ex-husband. You just don't know the, what's behind everything. But God who sees everything, his ultimate goal is to protect his children. Amen. So we're going to go on to point number two. And so point number two is some rejection brings unwarranted mistreatment. Unwarranted mistreatment. That word unwarranted, uh, that means unjustified. You didn't do nothing to to deserve it. Nothing to deserve it. So we're going to go back to um, Genesis 37. And we're going to start at verse 12 through 28. It says, now his brothers had gone to graze their father's flocks near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, as you know, your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem. Come and I am going to send you to them. Very well, he replied. So he said to him, go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks and bring word back to me. Then he sent him off from the valley of Hebron. When Joseph 
arrived at Shechem, a man found him wandering around in the fields and asked him, what are you looking for? He replied, I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they are grazing their flocks? They moved from on they moved on from here, the man answered. I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come, now let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let us not take his life, he said. Don't shed innocent blood. Throw him in the cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped off his robe, the ornate robe that he was wearing. And they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty and there was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a a caravan of Israelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and and myrrh, excuse me, and they were on their way to take take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brothers and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Israelites and not lay a hand on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Amen. I know that's a lot of reading, but we're going somewhere with this, y'all. So there will be times, just like with Joseph, that we will experience rejection that is expressed through what people are saying about us, through people treating us badly, and people devising schemes to try to stop and block us. And you haven't done anything wrong. Now, think about this. Now, we already talked about in the first point of the jealousy. Jealousy, like they say, is cruel to the grave. Cruel to the grave. Now look what they done did. Because they were jealous of the favor that was on Joseph's life. He had favor with his his father. And they could not stand that. And then the fact that the father gave him a coat of many colors. um, And the father, you know, just treated him with such dignity and, and, and relied on him and trusted him. And even sent him to go spy out and see what was going on with his brothers because he knew that Joseph would tell them the truth. (laughs) So he was highly regarded and they could not stand that. They couldn't stand it. So there are times where just you being you, people will reject you. The light that you emanate, the light that you give off, your personality, the way other people love you, the way other people respond to you, um, how intelligent you are, how beautiful you are, handsome you are, or how much you have in your life as far as possessions, how much money you make, um, your relationship with your wife or your husband or your girlfriend or your boyfriend, um, 
how the relationship that you have with your children, the fact that you have children or the fact that you don't have children. So people will will just find reasons and ways to reject you. Um, sometimes people reject you because of how you believe. Sometimes being a person of faith, being somebody who has faith in Jesus and who lives the life, um, the Christian life, a lot of in a lot of places and a lot of spaces, people find that offensive because they don't want Jesus. They don't want to hear anything about it, and they don't want to be in the presence of someone who is who has those types of belief. Because guess what? Christ in us, the hopes of glory, is always going to show up with us. Amen. His spirit is within us. So, like I was saying in the, in the last podcast, everything is spiritual first. So the spirit of God that lives within us will cause people to reject us. Amen. So as we know, it's not the person, but the spirit behind them that's influencing these thoughts and their actions. So when they saw him coming from a distance, they were ready to ready to kill him. Now think about this. That's a spirit. You know, that's a murdering spirit. Just going to rise up in them to think about it. They could say, oh, well, when he comes, we're going to beat him up or or we're going to um, shove him to the side or we're going to this, that. They they jumped to kill. They weren't trying to hurt him. They wanted to kill him. So as we know, we see that Joseph's brothers were trying to kill him. But God raised up a standard and touched Reuben's heart. To say, hey, we can't do this. We can't we can't have innocent blood on our hands. We can't do this. And then Judah doubled back around and said, hey, let's just sell them to the Ishmaelites. Let's just sell them there and, you know, get some money for this and just be on our way. So they told their dad that he was um, he was devoured by animals. Uh, they took back his coat of many colors and dipped it in his blood and in, in some blood of an animal and said, here, we found this. He's been devoured by an animal. And so, but basically it was God's divine protection on Joseph's life. And it put Joseph on the path and direction that God wanted to, for him to go in. See, if he never, if that, this never would have happened, if this rejection never would have occurred, it never would have set Joseph on the pathway to Egypt. Amen? So we have to look at things differently. We have to see that rejection is both God's direction and protection. Think back on all the different times where you experienced rejection. When that, when that job didn't come through that you really wanted, and this is for a company, a prominent company that you were applied for. And you just knew that you would have it because you have the education, you have the experience, you have everything that you need for that job to be successful, to be successful. And guess what? They went with somebody else. You were probably crushed in that moment. But guess what? God opened up another door. And when you got there, everything just fell into place for you. Why? Because it was God's direction. There was a reason for you to be at this other company instead of the one you were really going for. Also, uh, maybe you were um, in a relationship that you thought was going to end in marriage and things fell apart 
and you had and and ladies i'm speaking to y'all we done went out and bought a dress we done went out and got now this ain't me because i ain't never done this <laughs> but you done went and bought a dress you done got your veil you done picked out your colors your bridesmaids dresses all that stuff we got it all lined up baby this is this is my husband and it turned out it just fell apart things didn't work out um and, and it just, it just wasn't meant. It wasn't meant to be. And you're crushed. And you're like, God, what did I do? What happened? It just was not God's direction. It, and God was, again, protecting you from something. Protecting you. You don't know what you would, what your life would have been like if you would have married that person, right? So we have to look at rejection differently. We have to look at the sovereignty of God. Remember, we talked about that a few podcasts ago. The sovereignty of God is always going to lead us down the path that's going to bring us to our best life in him. Amen. And to do his will, to do it for his purpose. He always have divine connections, spiritual connections, uh, connections in business, connections through employment, um, through ministry. There are so many different avenues that God wants to, us to bring us down the path where we will connect with the right people at the right time. But sometimes it takes rejection to occur to steer us in a different direction. Amen. So let's go on to point number three. Some rejection comes from doing what is right. Now, I know you like what, but it's true. Let's go into uh, Genesis 39. We're still on Joseph here. We're still on Joseph. Now, Joseph, he has made it to to Egypt. And he has basically been put into um, service at Potiphar's house, who was an Egyptian. He's Pharaoh's official and captain of the guard. And let's start from there. Um, That's going to be starting in verse one. That's now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's uh, officials, the captain of the guard, brought him from the Ishmaelites or bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. Somebody say favor. Somebody say it again, favor. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, The Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of who? Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well built and handsome, and after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. And he refused. 
With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than me, than I am, excuse me. Uh, My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to bed with her or even be with her. One day he went into the house to tend his duties and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by the cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Somebody said he got out of the... So when she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand and had run out of the house, she called her, her household servants. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has, brought, has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. She kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. Then she told him this story. That Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me? He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. Somebody say favor. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison. Can we see a pattern here? And was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. I know there was a lot of reading. Thank you for hanging in there with me. But this is all to say this. You can be doing all the right things. You could be walking in in integrity. You could be doing all the right things for all the right reasons. You're doing the right thing even when nobody's watching. And still, the enemy will try to come with this type of rejection because it is to discourage you. It is to try to to trap you and try to keep you bound into something. And so when rejection comes that is due to, to not submitting to control and manipulation and seduction, which at times brings temporary discomfort. Now, I ain't going to say that doing the right things will always result in an immediate positive response. Sometimes when you do the right thing, people are against that. Some people think, oh, well, who do you think you are? Uh, what are you, a goody two-shoes? I've, I've heard that throughout my life. That's why I'm using it. <laughs> but uh, what are you, a goody two-shoes? What are you, a, a, a do-gooder? I mean, uh, what, you don't commit any sins? You don't do nothing wrong? What's wrong with this? What's wrong with that? So when you do that, when you step outside of, of the consequence of doing what's right, the, the persecution that comes behind it, God is pleased with your integrity. 
He's pleased with the fact that you want to do the right things for the right reasons. And so he rewards you with favor and greater responsibility with honor. See, it sometimes when you do the right thing and bad things result because of it, we think, oh, well, I should have done the wrong thing then and I would have been in better shape. No, 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 no. That rejection is only for a moment, but you were not rejected by God. You were not rejected by God for doing the right thing. You were rejected by people. And remember, like we established, there are some people who are driven by spirits. And this woman right here, she was basically full of lust and seduction. And she wanted what she wanted. She wanted him. And she wanted to do what she wanted to do with him. And he refused to do that. He refused to dishonor God. Because notice what he said. He said that he wanted to honor his master. But he also said... And this is in verse nine, the second part. How then can I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? See, he had a God conscience and he was not willing to do that because he knows how good God was to him. So sometimes we suffer rejection even in doing the right thing. So let's go to point number four. And because I'm trying to move through this pretty quickly, because I'm telling you, it's, it's a lot, but... I think that we're going to get some kind of understanding behind the real uh, reason that rejection takes place in our lives. And so going to Genesis 40, let's go to Genesis 40. And this is when, now remember, they put him in jail. Um, when they, when his wife, uh, Potiphar's wife falsely accused him of trying to sleep with her. Um, they put him in jail. And of course, when he was in there, he found favor as it was spoken. And then he was put in jail with a cupbearer and also the chief baker um, for the for Pharaoh. And they were in there for whatever reason, but they both had dreams. And um, Joseph was able to interpret them. The one came out favorably, the cupbearer. He told him that he was going to end up back in service and back um, doing what he was, you know, called to do there. But that the chief baker was going to be put to death. Unfortunately, it happened. The cupbearer. Well, let me read this real quick. Let's go to verse 22 through 23. Uh, let's see. Actually, let's go to 20 through 23. I apologize. And that's Genesis 40, 20 through 23. It says, now the third day was Pharaoh's birthday and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the chief uh, cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he impaled or impaled the chief baker just as Joseph had said to him in his interpretation of his dream. Verse 23, the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. So that goes to our fourth point. Some rejection is from someone who just forgot about you. They just forgot about you. It isn't that they were trying to 
um, reject you, but they just, they went on with their life and just forgot all about you. So, um, the cupbearer promised to tell Pharaoh about Joseph when he was restored to his position, but he forgot about Joseph. He forgot all about him. He got in there. He got back to work. He got back to doing what he was, he was supposed to do, but he did not do what he said that he was going to do. And I know that that made Joseph feel some type of way. Joseph was probably waiting in prison thinking, okay, he said he was going to bring, you know, bring me up before Pharaoh. What, what's up? Why, why am I still, you know, why am I still here? Why am I still going through this? Why am I still in prison? I thought he was supposed to do that. So remember, now remember this part of what it means to reject. It also means to fail to show due affection for or concern for. And that's what happened here. Because what, two years later is when Pharaoh had a dream and the cupbearer remembered Joseph. Okay, so finally, after all that time, two years Two years, he didn't say nothing to Pharaoh about Joseph. Joseph just sitting in there serving uh, the prison guard, doing what he's supposed to do after he'd been good to that cupbearer and giving him that uh, dream and interpreting it for him. But it took all that time. So could it be, though? Now, let's look at this in a different way. Could it be that the cupbearer's dream while he was in prison was to allow Joseph to be used by God to interpret it. Then for the cupbearer to have that experience that led Joseph to being brought before Pharaoh, even though it was two years, it still brought Joseph before Pharaoh. And um, it led Joseph to the fulfillment of God's dream that he gave him back when he was a teenager, remember? When he was a teenager, when he had a dream that he was going to rule and and that his brothers would be, you know, bowing before him. So where did Joseph end up? And we all know this. Let's go to Genesis 41, 39 through 41. Okay, so... This is just going to tell you where he ended up. What was the result of him being used by God? All of this, all of these things happening to him from being rejected by his brothers, from him being thrown into the cistern and then for him being sold into slavery in Egypt. What was that all about? What what was all this about him um, being thrown into prison for something he didn't do when he was in Potiphar's house, when he was serving him faithfully and being a blessing to his household, and him ending up in prison with the cupbearer and the and the chief baker, what did all of that mean? Okay, let's go to uh, thirty nine, and that's um, Genesis forty one, starting with thirty nine. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, "Now wait a minute, let me back up just a little bit." So he ended up interpreting. Pharaoh's dream and Pharaoh saw that there was a great responsibility that was needed there and he saw and discerned that uh, Joseph had great wisdom and that he had a tenacity about him that he 
that he was very intelligent and that he could definitely oversee what was about to happen as it relates to that dream. So let's go to four, uh, 39. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one else so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So jo- so Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Woo! Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in the robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him, he, excuse me, he had him ride in a chariot as his second in command and people shouted before him, make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Listen, listen. (laughs) We go through this rejection, but it's for a reason. Even the rejection we suffered as, as a child. And where it it shaped us. Yes, it actually did knock us off our our beat a little bit. It actually caused us to be, um, some of us, it caused us to want to people please because we want not to suffer rejection. Or it caused some of us to to try to be overachievers so that we can um, always be on top and, and, and never have to, you know, come up under the rejection of anyone else. It has affected us in many different ways, but guess what? God had a plan just like for Joseph. See, when Joseph went through all of those things, he went from Canaan to Egypt. Now he didn't come to Egypt in a polite way. Of course, he came as a slave, but think about it. He went from tending the flock in Canaan to being the second in command over Egypt. Not to say it was a smooth sailing to that position, but each step of the way, it was a leading and a guidance going on. It was, it was some sovereignty of God in the works here. Can you see that? If you weave it all together, God repeat, I mean, excuse me, Joseph repeatedly prospered in spite of every form of rejection he suffered. It didn't matter where he was when he was in Potiphar's house, he was prospering and he was, and he was doing great works. God's favor was upon him and he was given great responsibility. And then from there, even in prison, he was being put over the prisoners. When he was there, he, he operated in his gifts and he was able to be discovered by Pharaoh who he actually gave the interpretation of his dream and became second in command over Egypt. Every step of the way, we see God's protection and God's direction because the ultimate place that God wanted him was in that position of power. And even though he went through some hurtful things, though he was rejected by his his brothers, he ended up being the one that they had to come to in order to get their basic needs of food met. But if he were not in that position, he would not have been able to be a blessing to his family the way he was. So we have to view rejection from a whole different lens. 
We have to see this as God positioning us every step of the way. When someone rejects you, then God is going to send somebody else. When that job doesn't come through for you, there is a better job ahead. When that relationship falls through, that friendship, God sends other um, kingdom connections, spiritual connections, connections that's going to build you as a person that allows you to minister to others more effectively. I'm telling you, rejection, when you see that, when you experience that, be looking for God's hand. Be looking for God in this so that you can see that this rejection is for a reason. God is protecting me from something and he is directing my life in a different way. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We praise you. We thank you for the revelation that is in your word today. Lord, we thank you that we have experienced through your word deliverance from rejection. From a child up until now, Lord, let us see that your purpose is in this. Your divine favor is in this. And your divine protection is in this. God, we thank you, God, that we can trust you with every area of our lives. And even in the area of rejection, even when people are jealous of us or when people turn their backs on us or when when people... When opportunities, when those doors close, God, we know that there is a purpose behind it now. So we will not beat ourselves up. We will not internalize this rejection. But Lord, we will look to you and we will see that your hand is in this, that you're doing a great and mighty work that we don't know of. And Lord, we surrender ourselves to you now. We surrender to the process in the mighty and precious name of Jesus. God, every person that is listening right now, I ask that you would touch them in a mighty way, God. Whatever it is that they stand in need of, Lord, I ask that you breathe on that situation, that you meet every need, that you cover and keep. Lord, those who are grieving in their hearts, God, I ask that you send your comforter, the Holy Spirit, to minister to the hearts and minds of the people. Those who are in need of any type of of leading and guidance in this season into where you're taking them, God, I ask that you would send kingdom connections into their lives, God, that is going to bring them before great men, just as it did Joseph, God. We thank you and we praise you for your word today, God. In the name of Jesus, we love you and we praise you. Amen. I thank you so much for hanging in there with me. I know this is a long word, y'all, but I told y'all it was going to be pretty wordy today. (laughs) And I, I appreciate each and every one of you. If you have any prayer requests or if you want to talk to me about anything that relates to the message today, I know this was about rejection and this may have bubbled up a lot of things on the inside of you. Feel free to email me at livingwatersflowingministry at gmail.com or you can message me um, on um, through Facebook. Um, and basically, you look it up under Nina Menace. I'm there. And I'll be happy to pray with you, talk with you, and we can talk this through. But until we speak again, may the living waters continue to flow in your life. Have a great week. <music>